नमस्ते एंड वेलकम टू वेलनेस बाइट्स विद गौरी वेर वी डिस्कस टॉपिक्स रिलेटेड टू आयुर्वेदा न्यूट्रिशन एंड वेलनेस द पर्पज ऑफ दिस पॉडकास्ट इज टू क्रिएट अवेयरनेस अबाउट हाउ वी कैन ब्रिंग अ बॉडीज बैक इन टू बैलेंस विथ वेलनेस ईच एपिसोड ऑफ वेलनेस बाइट्स कंटेन्स वंडरफुल इन्फॉर्मेशन ऑन फूड्स एट हेयर आयुर्वेदा न्यूट्रिशन फॉर माइंड एंड बॉडी health and well-being through this platform we will be inviting health and wellness experts sharing their wisdom and professionals from our community to share their mantra for fitness hi i'm your host gauri junarkar founder of ayun nutrition inviting you to get inspired by these talks to work towards your self-care stay tuned and keep listening to wellness bites with gauri So welcome to our show Wellness Bites with Gauri. Um today I'm very excited to have one of my very close friends and a really well established and really very well known endocrinologist right here in Dallas Fort Worth, Dr. Madhuri Devdhar. She is an epitome of, you know, specialization of education and lot of expertise. And I'm really excited to have her on my show today because we are going to talk a really very important topic, which is PCOS and hypothyroidism. Um, so, Madhuri, welcome to our show today. Thank you, Gauri. Thank you for having me on your show. Truly appreciate that. Okay. I'm very happy to be here. wonderful wonderful madhuri so um dr uh, madhuri devdhar is not only a board certified endocrinologist but she also has board certification in internal medicine she also has lot of research um, uh, publications under her belt lot of research abstracts under her belt two fun facts i came to know about dr madhuri devdhar also is that she's trained in carnatic music mm-hmm. and she also has a bachelor's in uh, sanskrit ancient mm-hmm. indian language so that is absolutely wonderful madhuri mm. thank you thank you gauri so madhuri tell me more about yourself um, how did you come into this field and what makes dr madhuri devdhar unique okay well um so i was i am uh, well let me start with my a little bit of background about me i went to medical school back in india bangalore i graduated from bangalore medical college mm. and then i came to the states and i did my residency in internal medicine at uh, washington hospital center georgetown university hospital washington dc and then i did my fellowship in endocrinology diabetes and metabolism at georgetown university hospital washington dc as well then uh, as a family we decided to move to texas and we moved to uh, texas in 2014 and i have been with endocrine associates of mid cities since then our practice is in bedford texas and um, bedford as you most of you know is the city right in between dallas and fort worth So wonderful, Dr. Madhuridevar. Uh, absolutely great. It's just wonderful to know, you know, so much of, um, you know, so much of expertise and so much of experience you have. Now, one other thing that comes to my mind, uh, since we are going to talk more about PCOS and hypothyroidism, 
the question that comes to my mind is um, what is PCOS and what causes PCOS? So PCOS is uh, the short form of or abbreviation for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And uh, this is a kind of disorder which we see in women where there is it is characterized by three important things which is which are in the definition of pcos the first one being irregular menstrual periods mm -hmm. so all of us women we know that we are supposed to have uh, more or less one period every month so about 10 to 12 periods a year but mm -hmm. if any of us uh, if one has menstrual periods um, very which are very irregular and spaced out say they're getting it once every couple of months, once every three months, once every year, all of, or none at all in a couple of years, all of this could be PCOS. So if it's irregular menstrual periods, and if one is not pregnant, we do think of polycystic ovarian syndromes as one of the differential diagnoses. Hmm. Now, the other two things that go into uh, the, the diagnosis or definition of polycystic ovarian syndrome are uh, elevated testosterone level in women. Now, you might think, well, testosterone is a male hormone. Why are we talking about this in women? So the way the one above the Lord made us is that all of these women have a very, very low dose of testosterone and all men on the other side have a very low dose of the female hormone, which is the estradiol. Mm. So God has given a little bit of both uh, of the male hormone to the woman and a little bit of the female hormone to the man. Now, in women, though, the male hormone is about one, I would say about one fiftieth to one hundredth of what men have. So it's a very small amount, hmm. very, very small amount. But that's all we women need. And even if there's a slight increase in this hormone, nothing close to male hormone levels, but even if there's a slight increase in the male hormone or testosterone levels in women, it can um, cause irregular menstrual periods and polycystic ovarian syndrome. At the same time, we can have a measured, slightly elevated testosterone in men or in women uh, with polycystic ovarian syndrome, or we can also, and or we can also have features of elevated male hormone or testosterone level in women, which include increased hair growth on the around the lips, on the face, on the chin, on the chest, back, bottom, you know, or even increased acne in women who are much older, whom you would not expect to have acne. So mm -hmm. the three most important things in polycystic ovarian syndrome are presence of irregular periods, elevated testosterone level, in women and you have to understand that this could be a very minute increase and then features of elevated testosterone level in women which could incre include increased hair growth and uh, severe acne in women in non-adolescent women mm -hmm. and sometimes very rarely we could see hoarseness of voice and stuff but those are not common now um so we need to have at least two of these three, but the most important would be regular periods. Now, there is also 
uh, a conception or a perception that you know, most women with polycystic ovarian syndrome have a lot of cysts on their ovaries. Hmm. Mostly that's the case, but even if they don't have polycysts on their ovaries, it's still called considered polycystic ovarian syndrome if it meets the other criteria that I just described. Hmm. So that's that's very interesting to know that you know um, Dr. Devdhar the way you explained about uh, PCOS and explained about especially the the main hormone and you know, the role it might play and things as well. Let's also talk about um, hypothyroidism. So what is hypothyroidism and what can cause uh, hypothyroidism? So hypothyroidism, so let me start by saying a little bit about um, my very beloved thyroid hormone. It's extremely important for our body. It's made in a gland. The thyroid hormone is produced in a gland called the thyroid gland, which is actually right here. It's a butterfly-shaped gland right in the bottom of the front of the neck or the base of the front of the neck. Mm. It's a very small organ, but it's so important because it controls the metabolism of the body. Mm. Extremely important for survival. Mm. Now, hypothyroidism means mm. if there is any dysfunction of this thyroid gland, it mm. can produce less than optimal thyroid hormone levels. And when there is that when the thyroid hormone levels are lower than what they are, they need to be, that is the condition which is described as hypothyroidism. Mm -hmm. Now, well, we, if we go into the causes of hypothyroidism, uh, there are many, many causes of hypothyroidism, but I would like to stress a few here today. Mm -hmm. The first and the most common cause of hypothyroidism that we see is, is an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. This mm. is just the name of the scientist or the doctor who described this. He described it, Dr. Hashimoto, where there is actually antibodies produced in the blood in our body. And these thyroid antibodies interact with the thyroid cells and make them less active. So that even the thyroid cells become less active, um, there can be less production of thyro thyroid hormone causing hypothyroidism. Now, um, this usually runs in families. The thyroid antibodies usually runs in families mm -hmm. and it's more common in the women lineage of the families than the men. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and then it can still, you know, skip generations, you know, families mother to daughter, daughter to granddaughter or son, you know, may have the thyroid antibodies, mm. but not everybody in the family needs to be hypothyroid. Mm. Only about 20% of the people who really carry the thyroid antibodies are truly hypothyroid or have low thyroid levels. The other people in the same family could still be carrying the antibodies and still be, uh, their thyroid can still be functioning fairly normally. Hmm. Now, I would also like to, uh, well, there are other causes of hypothyroidism. Um, and a couple of them are when the thyroid, when we surgically remove the thyroid for any reason, it could be a very big thyroid nodule or what we some call as goiter, 
which mm. is causing difficulty breathing, you know, swallowing, hoarseness of voice, we take the thyroid out. So when you when one does not have a thyroid gland, then mm. they will have hypothyroidism. There is also, uh, you know, rarely injuries, thyroid cancers, lymphomas of the thyroid, where the thyroid has to be removed can cause hypothyroidism. And there's also a very, very rare cause of hypothyroidism called congenital hypothyroidism, where a baby is born without a very good functioning thyroid. And for this baby to survive, it needs to be given thyroid hormone right away. Hmm. These are some of the most common causes of hypothyroidism. But like I stressed, the uh, the very important one is the autoimmune hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which we see very commonly. So very um, interesting, Dr. Devdhar, um, regarding you know the way you explained about hypothyroidism and the different causes of hypothyroidism hmm. as well. Other question that comes to my mind is, are PCOS and is hypothyroidism related? Is it possible to have for a woman to have both of these conditions present at the same time? Right. So polycystic ovarian syndrome and hypothyroidism can coexist in the same woman. And we see that. Uh, uh, I would not say quite a bit, but here and there. But they don't they are not two related conditions hmm. again polycystic ovarian syndrome as well as hypothyroidism are both hormonal conditions but hypothyroidism is a condition which affects the thyroid hormone and polycystic ovarian syndrome is a condition which affects the female male hormone balance in a woman's body. So both of these are hormonal disorders, but they are not necessarily related. Hmm. They can coexist. They may not coexist. So that is, that is very interesting to look at that aspect as well. Um, the other question I have is I know that PCOS we see in women but when it comes to hypothyroidism, is this something that is most commonly seen in women as well? Or do we see the hypothyroidism in men as well? And why do we see more of that, you know, the, especially the hypothyroidism in women? Um, so uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome obviously is, uh, is a female disorder. Hypothyroidism as well is more of a female uh, disorder. There is a female uh, predominance over males. And uh, this is because uh, of the way the antibodies are transmitted in families. And mm -hmm. plus, they are expressed more in the women. And uh, also, we do see that, you know, just having the antibodies, like I told you before, does not make one hypothyroid. There, mm -hmm. could, there could be a second insult, which is more common in women, you know, pregnancies, deliveries, lactation, or anything else, you know, that is, um, that could actually... Uh, make the hypothyroidism come to light or be diagnosed. So, uh, so those are some of the factors that we see uh, that makes hypothyroidism more common in women than in men. So that's, that's very interesting um, to know about that as well. Um, one of the things that also I wanted to ask you is, you know, what things can actually help manage PCOS and what things can actually help manage hypothyroidism? Okay. So let me talk about polycystic ovarian syndrome first. You know, polycystic ovarian syndrome is seen more in women who are uh, overweight or tend to gain a lot more weight. Um, you know, the 
that's exactly when the male female hormone balance uh, goes a little bit haywire it doesn't have to be a whole lot just a little bit haywire which can cause polycystic ovarian syndrome now um uh, like like we talked about irregular menstrual periods increased hair growth acne or very classic symptoms of polycystic mm-hmm. ovarian syndrome and there is also one very important branch of polycystic ovarian syndrome where there could be insulin resistance and mm-hmm. predisposition to diabetes and we all know that the the risks involved with diabetes especially if we have it Uh, from younger age like a lot of these polycystic ovarian syndrome women do so it's extremely important to manage polycystic ovarian syndrome uh, and uh, diagnose first and then treat it effectively and the most effective way of treating polycystic ovarian syndrome is to get on a good diet and mm-hmm. exercise regimen and uh, you know slowly and steadily lose that weight it definitely alters the female male hormone balance then and all of these symptoms start getting better and better the other very common sign that i see in polycystic ovarian syndrome is darkening of the skin in the flexor areas and by flexor areas i mean the neck uh you know the underarms the inguinal skin all that that gets darkened because of the insulin resistance and mm-hmm. loss of weight you can easily see that this darkening gets better and better so extremely important is a good diet and exercise regimen you know it is hard for any of us to lose weight and who knows it better than you and me because we <laughs> as our job but you know polycystic ovarian syndrome women it's it's even more difficult for them to lose the weight you know the equation is you know what the equation is for weight mm-hmm. loss you know how much we put in versus how much we put out you know Correct. intake versus uh, in terms of calories as out versus output in terms of calories with exercise you know if it's a net negative we tend to lose weight and if it's a net positive we gain weight with mm-hmm. the polycystic ovarian syndrome women as well i tell them you know the equation still stays the same but it's just a little bit harder for them mm-hmm. and uh, but so so you know we all fall through the cracks getting up and doing the right thing a good diet and exercise regimen and even a, a you know 3 to 5% weight weight loss body of loss of body weight is is going to make a significant impact in these women with mm. you know, regulating their periods improving their insulin resistance getting rid of the skin darkening you know getting rid of excess facial hair and um, you know acne and stuff the other medications medication wise you know we treat these women with metformin because it helps with insulin resistance and with regulating the periods we also treat these women with birth control pills when if they are not desirous of a pregnancy so that that helps bring back their periods uh periods uh you know our menstrual periods are almost like the heart rate and pulse and blood pressure you know the, we call it another fifth vital sign in women you know mm. because if they are not regular then that's not normal so we really really want to re- regulate them because they may not realize it now but long term they will have a lot of complications including severe osteoporosis and you know um predisposition to fractures so we want to make regulate the periods we want them to lose weight metformin uh, we use a lot we use metformin and uh, 
we, you know, I sometimes also use, tend to use some weight loss medications and have them on a good weight loss program, especially when they hit a block, you know, when they're doing their best with diet and exercise, but just need a little bit of a push. So we temporarily use some weight loss medications. In women who are desirous of pregnancy, I, you know, I do see that just losing those, that even the five to 8% of body weight, just mm. because it makes them so much more fertile and, you know, regulates their periods, they start ovulating again. It's just amazing. We don't have to do anything much other than giving them metformin, but we do use some other medications like Clomid and stuff to regulate, you know, to help them ovulate as well in women who are desirous of pregnancy. So that's how we manage polycystic ovarian syndrome in a nutshell. Wonderful. I mean, I love the way, you know, you talked about how you managed about, um, you know, talked about PCOS and how to manage, um, you know, PCOS and things. But what about hypothyroidism? Can you stress a little more about hypothyroidism? Hypothyroidism is so common, you know, and I see a lot of women with these symptoms, Mm. you know, fatigue, weight gain, uh, feeling cold all the time, dry skin, hair loss, constipation, and uh, hypothyroidism actually can cause excessive menstrual bleeding as well if it's very severe Hmm. and if it's very severe it can cause depression as well so these are the symptoms we see quite commonly in patients with hypothyroidism and um, but I would like to stress one thing here Hmm. that these are very vague symptoms and these could be coming from hypothyroidism, but they could be coming from a bunch of other things. It could be infections, just depression by itself, you know, being stressed out, overworked, which we all are in this modern city life, urban life, you know, city life. And uh, uh, so it may not always be hypothyroidism, but when it is truly hypothyroidism, we check their levels. And if they're on the low side, we treat them with thyroid hormone you know there's two different kinds of thyroid hormone one is t3 and one is t4 now t4 is the most important one it's the most stable one and that's why we'd always treat them with t4 thyroid hormone and sometimes when they need a little bit of t3 we do give them t3 but every cell in the body has the mechanism to convert T4 to T3 if it needs it that way. And so T3 is not extremely important. It's the T4 that is more stable and that's how we regulate their levels. You know, we try to optimize the dose of the thyroid hormone Mm -hmm. um, by doing regular blood checks and then then that that helps a lot of their symptoms. Perfect. I mean, so very well um, described, Dr. Devdhar. Since we're talking about PCOS as well, the other question that comes to my mind is PCOS and pregnancy, what is the relationship? And can women with PCOS get pregnant? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful question, uh, Gauri, because, uh, you know, uh, a lot of women with PCOS are under the impression that, that they can never get pregnant. Mm. That's absolutely not the case, you know, because they don't have regular periods, they're not ovulating, they think they can never get pregnant, and that's not the case. Like I just described, explained a little while ago, you know, uh, a good diet, exercise regimen, even losing about 5 to 8% of body weight, uh, going on metformin, doing all the right things, you know, I do see a lot of women get pregnant naturally, even with US. Of course, when they start, they do have something called subfertility is what we call it and not infertility. Infertility is the inability to get pregnant. 
and subfertility is where there is you know slightly reduced fertility but not the inability to get pregnant so we never call it infertility we call it subfertility with this but with all these measures and management that we just talked about these women can get pregnant have healthy children have healthy pregnancies and do extremely well you know um these women are predisposed to diabetes like i say so it's going to you know it's a lifelong thing that they need to be on a good diet and exercise regimen which will help them extremely but so do all of us you know so do all of us they have to be more careful but so do all, all of us in general do need to be on a good diet and exercise regimen anyway but the pcos patients just need to be a little bit more careful about it. absolutely absolutely dr vedar i can definitely agree on that and you know uh, you know i mean just to think about you know just you know 5 to 10% weight loss overall can make such a lot of difference especially with you know uh, uh, women with uh, pcos as well and also can make a difference for you know women with uh, hypothyroidism as well so then when when women or a patient with let's say pcos or hypothyroidism walks into your clinic or um, how can you help a patient with pcos and hypothyroidism so um when a woman with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome walks into my clinic uh, uh, sometimes they know that they have it many times they don't so i ask them all the right questions we diagnose them and you know um, make sure we uh, start giving you know uh, giving a lot of education about this like i talked about there's a lot of aspects of pcos irregular periods how it affects them at that point if they want to get pregnant if they don't want to get pregnant and long term how these irregular periods will affect their body their bones it can cause osteoporosis and how even you know increased hair growth increased acne you know these are young women you know they it's uh, uh, it's you know how it's in the society it's a stigma so we talk about that and how we can make this better and we talk about the predisposition to diabetes we talk about the darkening of the skin and we also talk about the fact that they can definitely get pregnant and based on their uh you know personal situation one one size or one treatment does not fit mm. all and they come in all different uh, you know with all different symptoms and signs based on this person's situation we come up with a customized plan for them and work with them absolutely great dr devar i absolutely loved that you know one you emphasize a lot on education second thing that you personalize you know the plan for every uh, patient that walks into that absolutely um, wonderful so what a uh, wellness tips uh, would you like to share with the audience today yeah so you know there was a question about you know you asked me this question initially like why did i end up in in the medical field and why Correct. did i in neurology so I'll, pro- i'll stress a little bit here because it's kind of related to wellness and you know mm. um, i always wanted to be a doctor but uh, and when i went to medical school you know i was just uh i thought that this uh, the endocrinology and the way the hormones work together and in parallel with each other was just mind boggling mm. with different feedback mechanisms so you know out of all the specialties of um, medicine i truly myself chose endocrinology and uh, went into my fellowship and i just loved every minute of it and i really really love what i'm doing and if you ask my patients it kind of shows you know because 
I, I do it from my heart. I like helping people. I like to see that they're so much better. And, uh, you know, if a PCOS patient or a hypothyroid patient comes and thanks me or any other patient for that matter later on, um, that, you know, they feel better or they were uh, uh, able to achieve whatever their objective was. Mm. You know, and that's just so fulfilling. So that's um, something that I just want to share with all of you. And I'm sorry, I totally forgot the question. Oh, the wellness tips. Yes. 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 So, uh, you know, um, like I said, one size does not fit all. Mm. But you know, one thing that does fit all is a good diet and exercise regimen. You know, lots of green leafy vegetables, mm. lean meat for meat eaters, um, stay away from all the good carbs in the sense, all the good foods, all the ju good junk foods that we like, uh, including, you know, pasta, pizza, sodas, deserts, white rice, um, noodles, you name it, all, all of these, you know. It's not that we have to completely stay away from them. You are a dietitian, you know it yourself, <laughs> you know, but limited portions, that's the key. Portion control is the key, you know, for all this, you know. We are all human. We want to be able to eat and enjoy, but, you know, limited portions is the key. And then, you know, exercise, exercise, exercise. I cannot stress it enough. We all need to have, need to give at least 30 minutes of brisk exercise. And I stress that it should be cardio every single day. And if we want to do some weight training, you know, uh, body strengthening, you know, be my guest. It's, it's a great thing. But at least 30 minutes of cardio, brisk exercise every single day, which raises up your heart rate. Those are um, the, uh, the those are the fitness suggestions that I would uh, like to share with all of you. Absolutely great um, tips and suggestions you gave, Radhidhar. Definitely, you know, the, the, um, you, you emphasized on the diet and being active. Wonderful suggestions, absolutely. Um, coming to your own personal um, health and wellness routine, is there a particular health and wellness routine you follow? Um, you know, I really try to st uh, stick to about 10 to 15,000 steps a day, you know, more or less 2000 steps every day is uh, 2000 steps is one mile. So if you if I can get 10 to 15,000 steps a day, that's about five to seven miles a day, which is, you know, which is good enough in, in our um, stressful life, you know, we got to wear different hats these days, do a lot of different things. And I totally understand that. And most of you all should be, are doing the same thing. So 10 to 15,000 steps every single day, you know, the consistency is the key. It's not two days a week of exercise or something. So I usually try and get out for a, an hour's walk every single day if I can do it. Mm. Yeah, and that's that really gives me sanity. That really, I mean, I try to go out and walk if I can. And if since the gyms are all closed now with COVID, if not, I just you know use my treadmill at home. As far as um, diet is concerned, I drink lots and lots of water, mm. and I truly believe in you know um, intermittent fasting, mm. where you know you really stick to eating about six to eight hours a day. Uh, again, controlled portions. All good stuff, balanced diet, you know, it's not like you should not definitely not eat this or not eat that. 
you know, all good stuff, but in controlled portions. I think intermittent fasting, I really like it because, you know, it's not three spread out meals in a day and two, three snacks, you know, it's kind of compressed. And, you know, the rest that the body gets for about 16 hours a day, that really helps improve your insulin resistance and makes you more insulin sensitive, which is a big deal. Wonderful, wonderful, Dr. Deidhar. I mean, I love the way that you talked about and especially with that you talked about, you know, um, being active and how you are active as well. And you talked a little about the intermittent fasting as well. Is there any update um, or any event and things you want to share regarding your practice or any event you want to, uh, that's coming up that you want to share with the audience today? Um, uh, you know, we do have... Um events in our office here and there, but we don't have one currently, but if there's something that comes up, we'll definitely let you know. And you have been involved in, with some of the events in our office before, so you will keep you posted. Uh, but right now we don't have any uh, particular events, but we do have, uh, you know, uh, uh, seminars and, and conferences on diet, uh, diabetic diet, different kinds of diet and stuff, as you very well know. And as one comes up, we'll definitely keep you posted. Wonderful. Absolutely. And I would love to share that as well when, as and when, you know, you share those um, information and those links and things, oh, yeah, I would love absolutely. to share that with our audience as well. Absolutely. So how can people contact you, Dr. Deidhar? So our office, like I said, is uh, right across from Texas Health HEV Hospital in Bedford, Texas. And our office phone number is 817-786-8686. Again, it's 817-786-8686. And please feel free to call our office and make an appointment if you would like to be seen for uh, any of these hormonal disorders. We also treat diabetes, growth hormone problems, pituitary uh, disorders, testosterone issues, parathyroid hormone levels, calcium vitamin D deficiency, calcium metabolism. We do um, uh, prolactin uh, issues, lactating issues. We do a lot of these. So, you know, uh, please feel free to call us if you would like to see us for any of these. Wonderful. That's absolutely great, Dr. Devdhar. And it was such a uh, pleasure to talk to you and, you know, about PCOS, hypothyroidism. It was such a great discussion. And thank you so much for coming on our show today. It was a wealth of information that you um, shared with the audience today. So thank you so much for coming on our show today. Thank you, Gauri. I really loved, enjoyed talking to you today. And thanks a lot for having me on your show. Truly appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to all the audience out there, make sure to like our episodes, share episodes. These episodes are uh, available as podcasts on our, on our website, www.iunutrition.com slash podcast. These are also available on Amazon Music, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and much more. You can also listen to these uh, podcast uh, episodes on your, some of your smart listening devices as well. Uh, these episodes will also be uh, telecasted on our YouTube channel, so again, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, which is IU Nutrition. So again, thanks a lot for listening to our episode and have a wonderful day. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. You can now 
Listen to our podcast interviews and podcast episodes on our website, www.iunutrition.com slash podcast. You can also listen to these episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. These are also available on Spotify, Stitcher, and many more channels. You can also access our Wellness Bites with Corey episodes on our YouTube channel at IU Nutrition. So don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at IU Nutrition, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel at IU Nutrition.